Welcome to the Catholic Sportsman Show, and we are really excited uh, to have Lucy Westlake here, um, our mountaineer, the youngest woman to summit Everest, and uh, also runner and soon-to-be USC Trojan this fall. So, But before we get started, we'd like to say a prayer. So, dear Lord, we just thank you for this time together to talk about all and the world and just give us the guidance and the strength and the Holy Spirit to be with us in our conversation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right. So yes, uh, Randy, we have uh, Lucy here today who has very distinguished uh, career already at 18 years old and summiting Everest and trying to be the youngest uh, person to summit all of the tallest peaks in the world, if I understand correctly, and Antarctica and the North Pole. So that, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's, I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Oh yeah, welcome. So, uh, well, obviously, Randy and I have not been on Mount Everest, but if, if you could, um, can you just kind of set it up like what, what goes through your mind before you start? What's the weather like? And and how is God in the middle of all of this when you're about to do this venture? Yeah, it's it's definitely a long, um, long investment of time and energy to get up there um, and money. So it takes 27 days. Well, it took me 27 days in total. It can be even a, a lot longer than that. So I, I did it pretty fast, which is great. Um, but it's just, it's a different world out there. Just being in Nepal was even so different from the U S that, um, that, yeah, it's, it's really mind blowing And there. It's a very Buddhist community. Like that's their main religion. Um, so it's, yeah, definitely like was really cool to just see another like way of life. Um, because yeah, I, I'm Christian. So I, I, um, have never really been exposed to that before. Um, but it was, they're very kind people. Um, and, I definitely, I definitely find God a lot in the mountains, especially uh, like in nature. I just feel like I connect with him the most. So on the, like, I pray more on the mountains than, than I ever do like in regular life. I just have so much time hiking. I'm just asking him for safety um, for me and for health and, and just to help me accomplish my dreams. So he's, he's all around in the mountains for sure, at least for me. And, and what's it like weather-wise? I mean, obviously you have all the gear. It's you're at a very high level already when you do the base camp. And what what is that like from a preparation and perspective? From the weather? yeah, you have to carry a lots of a lots of different types of clothing because the weather changes so so drastically depending on the sun. So in the when it's bright out, when the sun's out, it's really hot actually, or it can be very hot. Um, just because the sun is so strong at that elevation that, um, that, yeah, it's really, it's crazy. I could be in like a sleeveless shirt. I actually got sunburned at one point. It was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but then as soon as the sun drops, it gets freezing. So you're, um, especially in the high mountain, you, I have this, um, this down suit that's literally goes from my, my toes to my head. Um, and I wear it all the time. It's so thick. It's like sleep. It's like a walking sleeping bag, basically. <laughs> 
sounds like you're protected quite well in that outfit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't I would not have been able to summit without it. Describe how how important it is to be linked together while climbing, as it seems to be a tremendous amount of trust and teamwork. Oh yeah, for sure it is. That's um, not only do you have to trust the, your partner who you're roped up to, but you really have to trust yourself um, to to be roped up to someone because you don't want to risk the other person's life. So um, yeah, it's it's really a challenge to get to that place and you really have to trust your climbing partner a lot um so on everest um we weren't you i was never roped up to my climbing partner like my sherpa there's fixed lines all the way up so you're you're roped to lines but on other mountains um with my dad I, he's my climbing partner is my father um up till this point actually everest was the first mountain i summited without him so um, we, we were roped together on many, many mountains. And sometimes, um, when I was little, especially like if he trips, then I don't, I didn't know if I could catch him because I'm a lot, I was a lot smaller than him. So it would be really hard for me to catch him. So he kind of had both of our lives, um, in his hand. Uh, so I definitely had to gain a lot of trust for him and him for me, because, um, if I slip, it would be, I mean, it's hard for, it's hard for anyone to catch someone falling off a mountain, even if they are smaller. So, um, so yeah, that was and it, like, God definitely helped us to build that relationship and build that, that strong bond between us. Um, and like, yeah, you can translate that to like, to a lot of things in your life, you know, having that trust between two people. Uh, I'm a generally like very trusting person. And I think it's, it's really because of that. And one thing, um, as far as communication with your Sherpa and, and how important that is, I was thinking about that, you know, in the Bible, you know, where the Ethiopian eunuch was in the Bible and then Philip ran up to talk to him to explain the scripture. I just thought of that when you were talking about the Sherpa and how, how's that relationship and the trust that goes back and forth between you and, and your Sherpa? Oh yeah, there has to be so, so much trust between us. Like we almost have to be like telepathic um, up there. You really have to know like the, know the other person's body language so well that you can like tell what they mean, what they're thinking, like without them actually saying it. Because a lot of times, especially when you have the oxygen mask on up there, you can't say anything. Yeah, like you can't talk even. So it's like you just communicate through and it, it takes a little while. Like we definitely had to, we climbed together for a few days before, um, like before we got to that level of, of bond where we could really like understand what we were saying without, uh, without actually talking. But once we did, it was, it's amazing. It's like, you can go up and down the mountain so, so quickly like that. Um, because you're just, yeah, you know, exactly. Like I would love when he hiked right in front of me, cause I could literally just like tell what he was, what he was going to about to do before he did it. Right. Because there's probably times you can't even talk. Right, it's just hand yeah. signals or emotioning, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. So that's uh, yeah. You definitely have to, and you and you, do you have to try a Sherpa out as far as maybe we don't have a good fit, or how, how does that work? No, you're kind of with whoever whoever you're paired with. So I I have 
um, heard some people complain about about their Sherpas, like they're not, you know, they don't explain things very well, and maybe sometimes they can't even speak English very well, um, or they're just. I've heard someone just say that their Sherpa was lazy. <laughs> like, there's there can be a variety of problems. That so I was really blessed to have to have such an amazing Sherpa. His name was Mingma, and he he was just he actually was a monk before for eight years before he was a climber, and that was totally like. He fit the monk stereotype exactly. He was so patient, so soft-spoken, and just really a, a really sweet and caring person. So I really, I just trusted him immediately. Oh, great. And hopefully he can stay in touch, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he has, like, Instagram and everything, so he texts me that. <laughs> right. And, and just, like, how long did you have to stay there to get acclimated to the actual altitude? in Nepal like what yeah I think well we actually probably did it in the least amount of time like one of a very short amount of time um because it took us eight days to trek up to base camp um and then from base camp we stayed there like two days to rest and just hang out and I, I actually trekked up with my with my dad a group of friends and family there were 10 of us in total so I just got to spend a little more time with them there and then they went back down and I continued with my Sherpa and we went for four days up to camp three and then back down to base camp um, and then we rested for four days again at base camp just to let our bodies completely recover and wait for good weather um, and then we went back up um, and it took us seven days in total up and then down back to base camp to summit. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's good. You have that base camp and, and you can just get ready. And then when you see your opening, you just go. Yeah, exactly. There's so many like meteorologists and just, yeah, there's so many weather reports up there just looking at the mountain. So everyone knows like when the good weather windows are, but, and of course you can't always trust the weather reports. They can be wrong and there can be accidents for sure. But but um, get, definitely the technology is getting better, so that's great. Wow, that's good that's available to you up there, but it's critical, right, for the success? Yeah, it's really critical. Like, weather is, oh, weather, I, I think of it, like, if I didn't have faith, I, I would be so frustrated all the time with the weather because that really can determine if your trip or not, you know? And I think of it as, like, that's what it's like God saying, it, like, you should go or you shouldn't go. But if I didn't think of it like that, if I was just like, oh, wow, like if the wind's too strong, I, this could ruin my entire trip, then it would it would make mountaineering very challenging. <laughs> right. Because just like in life, things come up and you just have to say, OK, there's a reason for this. And yeah, yeah, exactly. His plan is better than whatever mine is. <laughs> That's right. Right on. You just have to adapt, right? Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier said than done. It definitely is frustrating sometimes. Like at camp, we went up to camp three and we actually had to turn around. Um, and I was really, I was really upset. I was like, oh my gosh, this could be the end of it. Um, and we had to turn around because of wind. Um, but then we, luckily we got to go up the next day. So I was, I was happy again, but yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to, to really accept what, what he has planned for us, but it is always better in the end. For sure. He knows best. Mm -hmm. So what is so what is high pointing? You know, what does it mean to you personally? Um yeah, I so high pointing is climbing to the highest mountain in every single state. So there's 50 high points in total. 
And I started high pointing when I was seven with my family. Um, we kind of stumbled upon the first one um, when we were on a mission trip, actually, um, in Lynch, Kentucky. And someone was like, oh, the high point, like we had time to kill. It was like after, after we were kind of done with everything. So they're like, oh, the high point is of Kentucky is really close, like right, right down the road. So we actually, it was just a drive up. We just drove up the mountain. But after that, we were like, wow, this is like really, really cool. Like I, we like being on the top of the state. We're like, oh, we're the tallest people in the state. And like, we love being in nature. My family's very adventurous and nature people. So my mom was like, oh, like, let me research high pointing. So after she did, um, we realized that like this is kind of like a thing people do. There's a high pointers club and everything. So um, so we started high pointing and it was it was so fun. It was like we it was like a family trip that we would just get in nature and enjoy each other and enjoy God in nature. So um, so it became a thing that we we would do as a family and then eventually it just became me and my dad because my brother he's more of like a football guy. So he wasn't super into it. So it just became me and my dad's adventure. And yeah, it, it just, I mean, it just became like, it really has become part of who I am, you know, like high pointing has changed me a lot. It's, it's made me so much tougher, so much like, so able, so much more able to adapt to any situation and just like have the confidence in my own skills and myself to, to do that and to again like be tied to my dad and have someone else's life in my hands like yeah that's a big thing especially when you're like 11 or 12 years old so so yeah it's it's made me into the person I am and I can't I can imagine my life without high pointing honestly great great goals the one thing that uh really surprised me was um how hard Denali is to climb I never knew that it was like I was like shocked so it's almost as difficult as Everest? Yeah, I would say it's it's for sure almost as difficult as Everest. And the thing that's really difficult about it, like it's not as high as Everest. Um, it takes a few, it takes almost the same amount of time. Um, I, it took me um, 19 days to climb Denali, it took 27 to climb Everest. So it does, it is a more time to climb Everest. But the thing about Denali is you have to, you're, there's no support on the mountain. You're carrying all your own gear. You're setting up all your own tents. You're cooking all your own food. You're doing everything. And on Everest, you there's so much support. There's so much infrastructure up there because it's like so many people do it. So there's there was literally a chef at camp at base camp, um, and like a huge kitchen tent. It was it was so nice. Um, and then at camp too, there was like there's a chef there too. Um, and like all your tents are set up for you when you get to the camps. So, I mean, it's definitely like the physical hiking is harder than Denali, but just like the little logistics that you have to do for yourself at Denali, like you have to dig your own kitchen tent, you have to make your own campsite. It's, it's, it's very exhausting. So it's, and just carrying that amount of gear up Denali, like you have to carry so much more gear uh, because um, just because like you need to carry all your own food, you don't have chefs for you and you have to carry your own tent. So yeah, Denali was big challenge, especially when I went the first time when I was 13, that was, that was physically harder for me than Everest. Um, but then when I was 17, I'd say Everest was harder. Okay. So comparing the two, Everest was definitely harder physically and yeah, I'd say yeah. physically it was like not by much, but yeah, but it, it was. And emotionally, that was the hardest part for me on Everest was the kind of just being away, not having my dad there. And he was kind of, he's always been kind of my tie to home. 
um, on the mountains. And I didn't really realize that till he was gone. So I thought it, I didn't expect it to be that hard. I was kind of excited actually to like climb a mountain by myself, but, but yeah, it was really hard. I miss my friends and family a lot. So, so that was probably like the hardest part for me, honestly. Interesting. But you're back now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lot. When you're 13 years old, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be to do Denali. But it's thanks for sharing all those details. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, yeah, you're, you're involved in mountaineering. And, and like you were saying, it's an important part of your family. And you try to do as much as you can together. Uh, but you're also involved in cross country and, and triathlons. And you're going to be running this fall. USC. So, um, do you have a favorite, and and what you know what attracts you to all these different sports um, in particular? Yeah. So, I don't know if I could choose one favorite. Um, definitely the running or mountaineering. Um, those are those are like my passions right now. I I oh, I love my triathlon team, but I stopped doing triathlon a few years ago just because I didn't have time to do everything. Um, and between like cross country and tri, I just loved running. So um, so that's like what I do all the time now. But but mountaineering, it's hard to compare running and mountaineering. They're very they're very different. But I I love both of them a lot. I couldn't imagine my life without either. So, um, but how I, I got into them is I've been running since my, I ran my first race when I was five years old, actually. And that's because my dad was a runner. Um, and I just, you know, when I was younger, I just wanted to be like him, do what he did. So that's why I ran my first race when I was five and I was like pretty good at it. Like I, I finished a 5k. So I was like, okay, like, uh, my parents signed me up for cross country. I like begged them to sign me up in first grade. So I, I've literally, I've been running since first grade and, um, and there's, I mean, there's always times where, where like, you're like, oh man, this, this hurts so much. Like, why am I doing this? But I've, I just, I've always gone back to it because I just, I can't imagine my life without it. So, um, so yeah, I, I really have a passion for running and mountaineering and yeah, I'll, I'll do them forever <laughs> till I can't. <laughs> Great. You're doing well at both. Thank right you. You are. You've been blessed with a very supportive parents and seem to have very supportive relationship with your dad. How has your family impacted your athletic life and your faith? Yeah. Oh, good question. I, yeah, I have a very, um, very strong relationship with my dad and it's mainly because of mountains um and just all the time spent you know up there in the mountains we we've gotten really really close and my family again yes as you said they've supported me through it all and it's it's hard sometimes because we don't we don't have like a ton of money so and mountaineering is a very very expensive sport it probably chose the most expensive sport there is um so so but they they do everything they can to support me and especially like my mom is the most selfless person they both are they're just so selfless so um they give everything they can to me and my brother um and i love them for it it's amazing what they do um and yeah i mean without them i don't i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing you know without that support i definitely couldn't do it alone no way uh so so yeah there i mean it means the world to me to have to have them behind me it really does and i think about it like i would think about them all the time on everest about just how 
um, how proud they would be if I summited. And that was, yeah, that was a lot of my motivation. You seem very strong in your faith. Did they, did they encourage that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I've been raised Christian my entire life. And they've always, like, they've always wanted me and my brother to have really, like, serving hearts. Um, like, they've taken us. They led a mission trip from my church to Lynch, Kentucky every year when we were younger. We led, they led one to Mexico one time. Um, so they've, they've fostered that, that um, like, that caring for other people and serving and just, like, giving all the glory back to God as much as you can. And that's I, I try to do that as much as I can while sharing my story. Um, and yeah, I, I actually have a, I have a passion for the world water and sanitation crisis. That's what I want to do after, um, after college. I want to, I'm going to major in public policy and then minor in social entrepreneurship at University of Southern California so that hopefully I can go into like different countries and get policies passed that'll really create change. That's what I want to do. Um, because I've, I've worked with um, with a company called Waterstep for a while, and I've actually had the chance this semester, um, like this past, right before Everest, actually, to go. I went to Kenya and Uganda, and I toured different water projects and just saw how, like, what the needs were over there. And it's just, yeah, like, it, it's how my parents raised me, just to, like, just to really have a lot of empathy for those for people that are less fortunate than me because it's just how I mean I could have eas just as easily been born into the situation they are um and I I'm really blessed really privileged to to be in the U.S. to to be able to climb mountains or even like have seen a mountain so so yeah I just I want to I definitely want to give back um and and make that happen do all I can for them and that's that all came from my parents and I bet what you've seen in these countries and the, the poverty that people are going through is you're not the same person after you see that. No, no, for sure. And my family first went to, my first, first kind of exposure to that was when my family went to, um, to Africa when I was 13 to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I had, I've had a pin pal in, in Uganda since I was two. So we went and visited her and her family and their village didn't have clean water so we we put in a water filter there but yeah just seeing seeing those kids like the way they live and how different it is from from everything we have here like oh my gosh it's it's so incomparable it's it's really sad I, it's so sad and I mean I I it just shows you how blessed you are like you realize everything you have is a privilege like water showers food it's everything you know shoes so so yeah it, it definitely has changed me for sure right we, we had a guest on last week and he was talking about nigeria how the kids have internet and cell phones but that's not necessarily what they need but they just need water and food yeah. and shoes right and clothing that's mm -hmm. the most important stuff so you know thank oh, yeah. you for providing all that I'll do my best. Yes. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully I'll do more after college after I learn a little bit more. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, yeah, so you've had a, a wonderful family basis to, to bring you to a faith life and to all these mountaineering and track. And I know it's a little hard to ask you at this point in your life, but where do you, uh, and you talked about your water efforts and that is fantastic, but where do you feel God is calling to you, calling you at this point? Yeah, at this point, 
I I do like to kind of like take it one step at a time um, and kind of like live in the moment. But I do like I I do really feel like him calling me towards towards the water crisis. And I don't know exactly where that will take me right now. I'm really connected to Uganda and Kenya um, just from past experiences. Um, but I love I love traveling the world. I just love like experiencing new things, new meeting new people, experiencing new cultures. And I feel like. I feel like he's given me that love for a reason, for sure, and and giving me all the gifts he has, like the running and the and the mountaineering. He's given me those gifts for a reason. So, I I'm just gonna keep doing them, and keep listening to you know what what he says, um, where he's calling me next, and and just kind of yeah, just try to follow him, like listen to the call and then follow it, like to be brave enough to follow it, and. Right now, I definitely feel like a very strong connection to USC. Like I know that's the perfect place for me. So, and I'm really excited to uh, with what I'm studying there and uh, the connections that will give me and just the knowledge it will give me um, to hopefully be able to really create a change in this world. So, I'm not exactly sure where I'm headed after that, but I I definitely trust that he'll show me. Right, and it is so important to live in the present moment. We have to live right now and not worry about tomorrow or think about the past and just say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And just be guided, you know, there's just nothing to worry about. And your, your mountaineering is just like a, it's a vehicle to ha help you get to these other places to help these people even more. So it's, it's exactly. all your gifts. So fantastic. Yeah. You've been very successful at a very young age. What would you say to young people who are who are who are struggling with life right now? Yeah, I I know there's it's a it's hard time to be a young person right now for sure, and I'm definitely not not immune to to those hardships as well. Like I I've been blessed to have a really supportive family to be brought up in a great way, but yeah, it's it's hard. I know a lot of people aren't and. I'd say that just finding a passion, finding a dream, like that that's so important in this life. That's like the most important, I'd say, the most important thing to do. Um, because I feel like God, I believe strongly, God put us all here for a purpose. And and that purpose is something that we're gonna be really passionate about and and that's gonna be our dreams. And and once you once you find it, and sometimes it's not I actually I heard someone once say that passion is kind of at the end of the road. If you're doing something, if you work really hard at something for a higher purpose, that's what creates passion. And I, I have seen that in my life for sure, um, that passion created through a little bit of work um, for something that you believe in. Um, so I'd say, yeah, just keep looking for that. And once you find it, like hold on to that dream, even if it's a little scary, even if it's really big, like climbing Everest, um, a little daunting that it's still it's worth it it's worth the work it so is um so yeah that, that's that's my advice <laughs> all right well lucy we we thank you for for joining us here and we and we know there's a wild volleyball game going behind you so i know you have to join that too but um but we always like to end the show and just offer you a chance to, you know, say something to someone to encourage them. I mean, you've always shared with the young people to help them. But um, like people like me, I have a fear of heights, right? And I was like, totally just amazed what you're doing. And you said that um, you had a fear of heights too. And yeah. that you just asked God to help you, right? And prayer is so important when we 
want to journey farther in our life. So anything else you'd like to share about to anyone else, like prayer, how you pray and how to like keep closer to God and keep, keep walking basically. Yeah. I, so when I'm on the mountains, I, I just pray that like, I try, I try not to be too selfish in my prayers because I know, like, I know he has a plan and my plan of course is to get to the summit, you know, and, but that's not always his plan. Um, so just, it's hard sometimes to accept what he has planned. It really is. Like when I, um, first, when I was turned around when I was 13 on Denali, I had to like, I struggled with that for like years, um, that having to turn around because we never even got the chance to try to summit. It was actually an accident higher on the mountain. So, so I was, I was really upset about that, but I, I had to trust that that was, that was part of his plan. So when I pray on the mountains, I, I just ask him to, you know, use me as a light up there. Um, and my name actually means light. So I try to, I'm like, that's, it's, I just want him every day to like use me up there as as a vessel for him and then also just to to let me like keep walking in his plan um whatever that is to let it to let it happen and for i mean i do pray i'm like i, I do pray to help for him to help me summit but i'm like at the end i'm like you know your will be done so um it's it's hard to trust but just just keep trusting you know it, everything will work out just be be tough and trust thanks lucy and before we conclude in prayer can you share with us how people can follow your climbing activities in the future and how they can get involved in your clean water projects? If you want a place to follow my climbs, um, I post a lot on my Instagram, which is like my main social media platform. So you can follow me at lucy.westlake.22. Um, if you want to see my climbing vlogs, I post a video about each climb um, after I climb it. So you can subscribe to my YouTube channel for those, Lucy Westlake 22. And then um, if you want to support my clean water projects um, in Kenya and Uganda, I have a Etsy shop where 100% of the proceeds go to safe water projects. And that is um, Etsy.com slash shop slash um, Lucy Climbs. So... You can definitely check out that if that interests you. Um, you can get sweatshirts, t-shirts, stickers. Um, that's kind of what we sell. And then if you all, if you want to just support my next climb, which would be amazing, I would really appreciate that. Um, my next one is my Antarctica expedition. Then you can go to my GoFundMe. So if you just look up Lucy Westlake on GoFundMe, it should pop up. And any contribution really means the world to me. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. Excellent. All right. That's good. Well, Randy, um, so we always close in prayer, Lucy. So, Randy, you want to lead us out in prayer? I'd love to. All right. Lord, we thank you for Lucy and her blessing and her life and we pray for her and her family and her future, Lord, at USC and her, her mission for whatever you have planned for her. We thank you for her sharing her life with us on our podcast. And we pray for all those who are listening that somehow that they grow closer to you through whatever we said. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Uh
guys so much for having me. It's been great talking. Yeah, thank you very much. Great to connect. Okay, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Okay, enjoy that volleyball game. Yeah, good luck in your volleyball game. Bye.